I want to welcome you all to another Daily Decad, your rosary on the road. Although, you know, ever since I've been saying that, I've noticed that the plays have been dropping off, so maybe I ought to drop the slogan. Uh, I don't know what I'd have to come up with a different one. I've been borrowing all my other slogans, but, you know, it's uh, part of when you do a religious broadcast like this, inevitably you have to borrow them because Christianity and lives entirely on these sorts of spiritual and theological memes and within it you keep repeating those to try to remind people of them and bring them around to where they need to be. Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't work so well but you keep going at it and that's what all of us are, are here to do but I don't want to do a sermon before I do the prayers and uh, I'll hang on to the do our reflection afterwards I say sermon, it's, I don't do sermons. I'm not authorized to teach by the church. Laymen are not authorized. We are not authoritative teachers. All we can do is reflect and get other people to think. And that's the same as true of anybody listening, unless you're a priest. And if you're a priest who's listening in, please send me an email. We do not have any current clerical endorsements, and I'd be very happy to have one. At any rate, we have a, an intention that was sent in. Uh, this one from James. He did not tell me not to mention his name, so I'm going to uh, operate on the basis that I am allowed to say his name. Uh, and James, his Christian name, anyway, is not going to be revealing anybody's uh, identity. I'm not going to share his email address or anything like that. But uh, James had a, a very unfortunate experience, and uh, had, he had lost a child to abortion and that terrible terrible crime has marred the woman's soul who is responsible for it it has deprived a child of the beatific vision and it has left a deep mark on on this man's life and i want to pray all of us to pray for them and i want all of us also to pray for his specific intention which is for all of the uh, uh, all of the unborn uh, and aboard it, uh, and also for all of those who have been given the blessing of having a child, that they would, that if presented with this horrific temptation, they will resist it and be given the strength to resist it. And I think that's a very worthy prayer. And if you have any other prayers, this is a very, very, this is a somber and, and heavy subject. But all intentions need not be so. If you have any intentions at all, any prayer requests, uh, from the very smallest thing to the very greatest thing, send in your intentions to requests at protonmail.com. That's decade, D-E-C-A-D-E, requests in the plural at protonmail.com. And no, we don't make any money off of your intentions and, or off of your requests. I gain nothing by them. I just want to pray for you. And uh, I want right now for all of us to turn to God and pray for the intentions that are offered for James and also pray for James himself. In nomine Patris, et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Pater Noster, qui es in Ceris, sanctificator nomen tum, advenit regnum tum, fiat voluntas tua, sicut in cielo et in terra. Panam nostrum quotidianum da nobis odiae, et dimidi nobis debita nostra, sicut et nos dimidimus debitoribus nostris, et ne nos inducas in tentationum, sed libera nos amalo. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum. 
benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus Tecum, benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus Tecum, benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus Tecum, benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus Tecum, benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus Tecum, benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus Tecum, benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Gloria Patri, et Fidio, et Spiritui Sancto, sicur erat principio, et nunc, et semper, et in saecula saeculorum. Amen. Salve Regina, Mater Misericordia, vita dolcedo et spes nostri, salve. A te clamamus exulis filia evi, a te suspiramus, gementes et flentes, in hac lacrimarum vale. Ea ergo, advocata nostra, ilos tuos misericordes oculos ad nos converte, et Jesum, beatum fructum ventris tui, nobis postoc exilium ostende, o clemens, o pia, o dulci Virgo Maria. Ora pro nobis, sancta Dei genetrix, ut digni officiamur promissionibus Christi. Oremus. Pour forth we beseech thee, O Lord, thy grace into our hearts, 
that we, to whom the incarnation of Christ, thy Son, was made known by the message of an angel, may by his passion and cross be brought to the glory of his resurrection. Through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. O Immaculate Mary, perpetual virgin, mother of God, specially chosen by him and specially heard by thy Son who sitteth on the right hand of God the Father eternal. We ask thy intercession. As thou didst appear at Guadalupe and has been given by the Holy Church, the patronage, the patronage over the unborn, especially those in danger of the horrific crime of infanticide. Encourage, implore, beg thy Son, our God, to strengthen those who are faced with this terrible temptation, that they might resist it. And with thy intercessions, trample down the demons from whom this suggestion comes, as thou didst trample upon the heathen temple before Juan Diego, as thou dost stand upon the head of the snake. And through thy intercession, make us more perfect, more childlike, more innocent, as those who by thy intercession are saved. And draw us all nearer to the sorrows of thine immaculate heart, and thereby to the warmth and love of thy Son's most sacred heart. And all this we pray through the same Christ our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with God the Father and the Holy Ghost, one God, world without end. Amen. For all of us in our daily struggles, great and mundane, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Sanctum Sacratissimum Coriezu Miserere Nobis. Sacratissimum Coriezu Miserere Nobis. Sacratissimum Coriezu Adveniat Regnum Tum. In nomine Patris et Filii Spiritus Sancti. Amen. For those of you who are unaware, the uh, devotion to Our Lady of Guadalupe, who was made the patroness uh, of the Americas uh, in the 1880s when the uh, visions were finally made officially endorsed by the Church, they were papally recognized. That's a, something that most people don't realize. Uh, this, these revelations to Juan Diego, who the name Juan Diego appears in a couple of different places. And there's another smaller uh, uh, apparition of the Blessed Virgin to another Juan Diego that takes place at a different time in a different part of Mexico uh, than, than Guadalupe. And so it was a popular name among the, uh, the recently converted uh, savages of the, of the Mexican, of that part of the continent there. And uh, there's a couple of different things that may or may, you may or may not know. One is, that, of course, the... Uh, the place where Our Lady of Guadalupe 
uh, appeared was formerly the site of a heathen temple where human sacrifice took place. Uh, there was there were very few uh, gods in the uh, various deities and idols worshipped by the heathen of, of this country that of this continent I should say of country I mean the whole of the country that fall, that flows from Canada down into Mexico and Central America very few of the deities did not demand blood uh, and in Mexico in particular they were especially bloodthirsty horrific demons uh, left a deep mark of diabolism on the country and the Blessed Virgin Mary, in her appearance at Guadalupe, was trampling upon the site of a heathen temple that had been destroyed and asking that it be replaced with a temple dedicated to the one true God, whose handmaiden she is. At any rate, uh, when, the, when this apparition was recognized by the papacy, it didn't take very long before she was made patroness of the Americas and also patroness of the unborn. And Bishop Fulton Sheen began a campaign against infanticide, wherein uh, one adopted uh, a an unborn child, any unborn child, uh, and the, the who has been who had been victim of this terrible practice, uh, and pray uh, for them, uh, or who is in danger of being a victim of this terrible practice, and pray for them. And there's in the the prayer is to Our Lady of Guadalupe. Uh, they have prayer cards dedicated to this end. I actually have a copy, but there are a few of them out there, and you should be able to find them online. Uh, you know what I ought to do is I ought to look them up and put the link in the uh, in the notes that I publish uh, on Telegram and on Gab and on where on Exodus Americanus where we're syndicated, so that you can go and and find these. I'll see if I can find them. When I initially post the broadcast this evening, I won't have them on there. I know that I won't because I don't have time to, to do that. Uh, but I'll take this weekend and on Sunday, when I have more extensive access to the internet, I'll go and find these things so that I can put the link in there and you can go back and check on it. Um, and if I don't, then I'll put them on the show notes, on the broadcast notes on Monday. It's a, a truly horrific thing. I don't think there's too much really more that needs to be said about it. It's a heathen practice. It's a diabolical practice. And anyone who engages in it engages ultimately in demon worship, uh, whether they intend to or not. And so it's something that, on the one hand, I suppose you could say that uh, there's some victimhood on the part of the woman. But for the most part, anyone who engages in demon worship and, and murder is really only a victim in, in our modern, according to our modern sensibilities, where we seek to punish victims and, and save the criminal. We view the criminal as a victim of society. They've been pressured into things. This, uh, and on a, to a certain degree, the devil makes us sin. But ultimately, the culpability when we stand before the divine judgment seat is always ours. And it stands for us, ultimately, though, to fight against the evil. And fighting against any evil, admonishing sinners in general, if our admonishments fail, then we at least may go with a clean conscience to say that we did the uh, act of mercy, the spiritual, the spiritual act of mercy of admonishing a sinner. And there's a reason why that's a spiritual act of mercy and why it gains graces. Because 
there's two things that are happening there. One is you are making an effort to steer someone away from sin and strengthen them there by, by doing that. And the other thing that you do is you bear plain, naked Christian witness. As, as innocent as a baby on the day that he's born is the witness of one who admonishes a sinner against his sin. Even if it enrages the sinner, even if it drives him to, to anger, even if it destroys a friendship, because who can, who can count a human friendship for the, against the friendship of Christ? Admonishing the sinner, guiding them in the right path, is service to God. Now, we, all, we know, cast not thy pearls before swine, and give not that which is holy unto dogs, obviously. You use prudence in all things that you do. But if an admonition to avoid sin fails, we should never bear that as a sin, but rather as an act that we offer to Christ and gain the graces thereby. Offer all of your works of charity to the heart from which all charity flows, which is the sacred heart of Jesus. I had no intention of talking about any of this today, but it's impossible not to talk about it and not to mention it when you have an intention like that. But I would encourage you all to pray to Our Lady of Guadalupe and to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, the Sorrowful Heart of Mary, the Sacred Heart of Jesus, uh, against this terrible activity, this terrible sin that seems to have gripped our society so, th so firmly. Now, John Paul II, whom I have, I have my issues with him. And I won't go into those now, and I don't think it's really worth going into them at all. Nihil nisi bonum de mortuis dicit. Say nothing, but say nothing, uh, if not good, of the dead. Anyway, I think he he did rather hit the nail on the head with the culture of death uh, thing. Uh, the problem was that it it is like so many things that come out of all the papacies after the 1950s, uh, quite ambiguous. You can't really define the culture of death. The culture of death is one that is connected to the world. It's attached to the world. It worships the world. And all of us have these attachments in ourselves. But what he's getting at is that when we see things manifest around us that are evil, we make reparations for them because inevitably we must participate in them. Oswald Spengler, who is a historian who I respect greatly, he was something of a four... Uh, something of a, a foretaste of Arnold Toynbee, whom Bishop Sheen held in very high regard. Uh, he wrote uh, that the age itself has become vulgar, and the vast majority of people have no idea the extent to which they are uh, tainted. And he's right. The vulgarity of our time, which is to say the ignobility, not the commonness the vulgar means two things it means of the common mass and it also means something removed from nobility as a moral state you can be morally noble we live in an incredibly morally ignoble world and part of that is because of how obsessed everyone has become with worldly things material uh, 
material well-being. Charity no longer means the love of God. It now means giving money to somebody so they can buy something that they want or something that they need, but more often than not something that they want. Charity is something that makes us feel better. It's not something that glorifies God. In the days of the old missions, the charity was so called because you brought goods to people as a means to show them what a Christian does and what they could expect from a Christian. And this has been true throughout the entire history of the church. Christians have always cared for plague victims. They've done acts of charity. Uh, acts of charity, that's important. It's actually actions, doing. Not just dropping money in the till, but actually going out and doing visiting the, the imprisoned, feeding the hungry, clothing the naked. Those sorts of things are acts of charity because they manifest love of God, but they should be done for love of God. And we've lost that. Our actions no longer reflect a love of God. We don't help our fellow man because he's in the image of God, because we love God above all things. Now, we help our fellow man because of some ambiguous humanitarian ideology, a creed that is not Christian, that views him to be like us. The golden rule, the so-called golden rule, which is nonsense, the golden rule is not love do unto others as they would, have, as they would do unto you. There's nothing golden about that. That's clay. We're all clay. That's a clay rule. The golden rule is thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy strength, with all thy mind, and with all thy soul, all thy spirit, all thy everything. That's the golden rule. And there's only one faith that teaches it. And that's the faith that was born in the blood that was shed on the cross. You have a lot of people running around saying that all of these world religions, they all have the golden rule. No, they don't. They all have the clay rule. We have the golden rule. We, Christians. Because we're the only ones that help other human beings because of God. You are not divine. You are a mirror of God. You can turn a mirror away from the light and it will reflect darkness. You can smash a mirror. You can dirty a mirror so that you can't see the image in it. But light will never come from a mirror. Like the moon that lights the night sky. It draws its light and energy from the sun. And Christ is the sun. It falls to us to do works of charity for God's sake. And if we admonish a sinner because we don't like what he's doing, that admonition will go nowhere and we gain nothing by it. But if we admonish a sinner because we recognize that by natural law, by the created law, by God's law, what they are doing impugns the honor of God 
displeases God or brings them under the judgment of God and it is, not, it is God's will that nothing be lost God, rejo- God uh, does not rejoice at the death of a sinner and so to prevent the death of a sinner for God's sake we do a great and loving thing we can do good things as well by admonishing sinners but we do a great and loving thing when we do it for God and so everything that we do should be reflective of that love of God not just our love for God but reflective of God's love because God's love is perfect and we talked about this before all of our love should flow from God all of our hatred should flow from God as well there is perfect hatred I have hated them with perfect hatred is what the psalmist says so there is perfect hatred St. Augustine's famous invocation and prayer is let me hate myself and love thee what does that mean to hate something is to turn away from it to revile it to rebuke it get behind me Satan is a statement of hatred it is it is the rejection of that which is not to us and that which is not to God is evil it is the evil is the absence of God that's what Saint Augustine tells us and we when we hate our nothing and love God's everything we become who we are which is sons cre- creatures of God given the power to become sons of God so it's, that's what St. John says in his gospel and it is by these acts of charity by admonishments by bearing the witness of Christ that we draw nearer to God's everything and turn away from our nothing our entire world today is dedicated to nothing we are truly a nihilist society because we are obsessed with our nothing and we want nothing at all to do with God's everything and so it falls to us to bear the witness and bring God's everything into the world around us the Eucharist contains the whole of Christ's body that's the teaching of the church the whole of Christ is contained therein every crumb has the whole of Christ within it it is the whole of Christ not that it doesn't have it within it it is the whole of Christ I almost just committed a Eucharistic heresy it is the whole of Christ no matter how small how microscopic and we can be like that we can be like the Eucharist we can't be the Eucharist that's also heresy but we can be like the Eucharist the Eucharist is the whole of Christ's body down in every microscopic fragment and if we live as Christians bearing witness we are the whole of God's love in ourselves we're not the whole of God we don't become God that's also a heresy 
but we are the whole of God's love, his charity, when we live in a charitable way. And that's, that's what the saints are. That's why they're gifted the blessing of the beatific vision. That's why they have the perfect happiness of heaven, because they have turned away from their nothing and turned to God's everything. And like mirrors, cleaned and shined and bright, untarnished silver, they reflect the light of God perfectly. They are not the light, but they bear witness to that light, the light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. And my prayer today is that all of us throughout this Lent will have an opportunity and take an opportunity to polish ourselves through our sacrifices that we might be worthy mirrors reflecting the light and the love of God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.